0: The following episode has trigger warnings for talking about suicide, mental health and grief so if that kind of thing triggers you I suggest that it might be a better idea not to listen to this episode. Thank you and let's go to the episode. Hello hunters and welcome back to another episode of the Hunters of Fandom podcast. I am your host James and today we are talking about of enhancing the movie when I say that this is about to be an interesting episode because I watched this movie last night now and you know going into the movie I wasn't sure how I was gonna feel about it because the trailers the trailers were giving me nothing okay like the trailers did not look appealing at all and I have seen a bootleg of the musical original Broadway castle last year. And I was like, hmm, okay. I don't know what vibes this is giving me, but it's giving me a different vibe to the vibes from the musical, but you know, that's to be expected. The Broadway version and the film version are gonna be very two, very different things. That's how it was in um in the heights. Different vibes, but coming from the same place, you know? Let's see, let's find the rotten tomatoes. Oh, oh my god oh my gosh oh my god okay so david hansen came out um september 24th 2021 with a i don't know what the budget is um it grossed 14.8 million dollars which feels interesting um oh my gosh guys i don't know how to tell you this guys please okay I, i i'm crying in the club Guys, why does David Hansen have a Rotten Tomatoes critic score of 29%? Oh my god, Devin Hansen has a Rotten Tomatoes critic score of 29% and an audience score of 88%. Now, I have to read you the critics' consensus. Devin Hansen does a fair job of capturing the emotion of its source material, but it's undermined by questionable casting and a story that is hard to swallow. Ooh, y'all. That's the critic consensus. Meanwhile, the audience says this heartwarming story is relatable for teens and anyone who remembers being one. And despite the age gap between himself and his character, Ben Platt's performance is great. We are in for a decisive time today. I have not seen the critics and audience score be so different since Venom 2018. I'm so sorry. I did not expect this. I thought it was going to be like 50% at least. They came to me and told me that this is a twenty nine percent critic rating, and I watched the movie and I was like, "This isn't actually as bad as I thought it was gonna be," but like it's quite, at least for me, it seemed to be quite faithful to the movies, not the movie, the musical source material. We'll we'll get a little bit onto the book because I think that both the musical and the book, and both the musical and the movie have this problem where um, there's a character that I'm actually very much interested in that we do not see at all. And, like, it's understandable, but also we see him in the book, and I just wish we got some more of that. But I do think that the movie did slightly better with that side of the story. But, um, now let's find a review. Okay, okay, I have two reviews that I want to... No, three reviews that I want to read. Okay, these are all negative reviews from critics. Okay. First we have Kevin Mayer, Kevin Maher from the Times UK, who says this film the film is aggressively needy. Two out of five. Understandable. The next one is from Tim Tim Ruby from the Daily Telegraph, who says, On all fronts, you wish that David Hansen has had nothing to do with Evan Hansen. Two out of five. And then the third one is from Anne O'Connor, from the Sunday Independent, who says, it's an interesting premise for a horror. It is a weird idea for an inspirational story. Two out of five. I agree with all three of those statements. Okay, all three of those reviews, I very much vibe with, because especially the ones where it's like, okay, you, like, you wish that Dear Evan Hansen had nothing to do with Evan Hansen. Because I came out of that movie being like, I wish this was about a different character. I wish we had more focus on... Like, I know it's called Dear Evan Hansen, okay? I know it's called Dear Evan Hansen, that is the point. However, okay, l- like, let's talk. Let's talk about it, okay? I was more interested to hear Connor's story. I really was, okay? I know what the whole premise is. I, 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 I've seen the bootleg. Of, of the show, I've seen the bootleg of the show, okay, I know that this is actually quite similar to the show, and I know, the songs slap, okay, let's not diss on the songs, because the songs slap, the emotions in, like, especially, words fail, so big, so small, tears, okay, I, I was dead ass crying, okay, the, the songs, especially, words fail always hits, but so big, so small, it never made me cry when I was listening to the cast album or when I was watching the bootleg. However, words, words fail. Always hits. But so big, so small, literally. The way that tears were running out of my eyes in the cinema last night. I was minding my business. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, oh, I felt these emotions. Oh, damn. Oh, damn. Like these weren't, these weren't, this wasn't what I was expecting to feel today. But here we are okay, the songs slap, okay, I think a lot of them are more, I don't know if sound's quite the right right word, at least the songs that I give a fuck about, okay, so we've got Waving Through a Window, Requiem, oh, oh, that song, oh, okay, we have words Fail, we have So Big So Small, we have Amanda Stenberg. Steinberg, her song is, um, the anonymous ones i think yeah that's a new one that they put in the sh- that they put in the movie that wasn't in the show and i kind of like it like i i haven't listened to it outside of watching the movie but i actually quite like that one cuz i wasn't expecting them to give her a song um but i think they had a bit more not like a lot a lot of focus on her but they i feel like they highlighted her more in the show you know, in the movie than they did in the show, which, obviously, because this is um adaptation, that is, like, the main part of this, is kind of, like, comparing it, seeing, like, which one I liked better, not which one I like better, because I think they're both good in different ways, however, I think the one thing that both the book, the movie, and the show, is the problem with them all, is the way that the story is crafted, because, the when you actually think about the storyline, okay, it doesn't make any sense. Well, it makes sense, but Evan should not be the main character. Evan should be the villain. When you think about it, when you really when you really get down to the nitty gritty, Evan should be the villain. Because, first of all, it's the fact that he literally doesn't, like, he is basically profiting off of the fact that a letter that he like an assignment from his therapist basically ended up leading to him being popular because he was the quote unquote dead kid's friend, and this entire thing was a lie. So it's very um it's very questionable. Like he's had he had multiple 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 opportunities to be like, hey um I know I'm sorry that you know you found this in your son's pocket when he committed suicide, but that he that wasn't actually his suicide note that is something that I had to do for myself and then he saw it and he took it and then this led to you know the events that occurred he had the opportunity to say that the very first meeting with the mum and dad who I already forgot it's like it's Larry and what's the woman's name Cynthia the very first meeting that he has with Cynthia and Larry he really did have the opportunity to just set the story straight immediately. And again, when he went to dinner, he had the opportunity to set the story straight and be like, hey, um, I'm really I like I'm sorry for your loss. I'm sorry that this has happened, however this, this, this you there's been a misunderstanding. And it's the fact that it got dragged out so so long, there was no reason for it to have been dragged on out, out as long as it did. Because we're not talking, like, a couple days. We're talking about weeks. At least weeks, if not at least, like, a month, two months, three months. This is exploitation. And there's a difference between, like, I, ca- I can understand that Evan has anxiety. Like, I can get having anxiety. I can get, like, obviously, like, not wanting to upset a person anymore than they already are at the loss, like, as they're grieving but at the same time, you he would be saving everyone a lot more pain if he had just said there's been a misunderstanding. I wasn't Connor's friend earlier in the movie, and in just in the story in general. By the fact that he doesn't do that, it's just it's just awkward. It's it's uncomfortable to be sitting there and being like, for fuck's sake, Evan, can you please just tell them? Can you tell them? Because I'm sitting there stressed everyone is sitting there like this, this is, morally, this is so fucking wrong, because they, they are not, like, they are dealing with loss, and it's the lengths that he goes to fabricate, the lengths that he goes to fabricate, it's one thing to mention, oh yeah, like, oh, we were friends, we did this that he dead us like, When it comes to the fact that he was faking the emails, that was intentional. Okay, that wasn't just the oh, like, I didn't want to make them sad. No, you straight up intentionally fabricated emails to give to them, to be like, oh, look, like, we're such great friends. Like, no, no, Evan. Like, it's bad enough that you led them on at the beginning. And then once you hit that, like, at that point, Evan is literally unable to turn back because he's already in so deep and this entire time it's the fact that he is quote-unquote in love with zoe this entire time and it's just it's uncomfortable it's so uncomfortable to be like when he's singing if i could tell her and he's basically saying all the things that he wishes that he could tell her, but I was acting as if it's all the things that Connor wanted to tell her. It's so uncomfortable. And then he goes, he almost like they're leaning in to kiss, and I'm just here. I was sitting in the cinema like, no, don't 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 do it, please. Like, don't do it. You were literally talking about her dead brother. You were talking about her dead brother literally 30 seconds ago. Don't then like it, it's it's <sighs> It's creepy, my dudes. It's creepy. And that's my problem. Just with the source material in you know, general. Just everything about the like this storyline. Like like one of the people said, like, it's weird for an inspirational like movie of like, you know, accepting forgiveness and stuff because Evan should not be the main character. He is, he should be the villain of the story. He should not be the main character because you get all this stuff where you can sympathise with him, and it's like, this is not... Like, I don't care how, like, sad he is, that that is not something that can just be ignored. Like, at least it doesn't feel like he got a lot of consequences for his actions, and it's just like, okay, he didn't get the girl. It was like, okay, but what other, what other, like things and jared also my dude you knew about this entire situation from the start at any time you could have you could have told him he you literally jared could have told him at any time hey this is fucked up like i don't know what are you doing like this is not this is not right like we shouldn't be doing this but moving on from um Evan because I think this story should have been more I feel like the thing that the show did was it showed Connor more in the show however the Connor that we were seeing in the show like in the song disappearance stuff that wasn't that wasn't Connor Connor like that was the Connor that Evan was making up in his mind it was just weird like I liked the part at, I'm skipping forward so far um I liked the part at the end where there was the video of Connor in the um i'm assuming in rehab or something like that not too sure what for but um where he was basically like playing the guitar and it was like this is the only kind of thing of connor that we actually see since the start of the movie that is actually connor rather than like a figment of someone's imagination kind of thing and i like i liked that because in the book we get like i'm pretty sure we were getting like little interludes every so often of basically Connor kind of like reacting to what's happening and being like oh what the fuck is going on because like you know and um, I I understand why they didn't do that as much because I feel like that would be dipping into kind of like 30 reasons why territory of being like the weird lingering effect kind of thing because when you Like, when you commit suicide, you don't actually, like, you're not there anymore. Like, you can't be, you can't change or react to things because you're no longer there. And I get why they didn't do it. But I kind of wish that we got some more kind of, I just wish that we got to see more of what Connor was like before everything. Like, because we kind of get that anecdotally through like Zoe and Larry and Cynthia but I kind of wish that there was more I wish there was more that we could get from that side of the story but you know it's fine I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna stick to my fanfics um because my fanfics won't disappoint me also I haven't read a different and of fanfic in a very long time so like I'm sure I've missed a lot in that side of of this kind of fandom Backtracking a bit. Um, the fact that they cut Good For You out of this, um, out of the the movie, I get it. Okay, I get it. However, if Heidi had freaking started singing Good For You after the scene of, of basically, um, her realising, hold on a second, like, my son's been at these people's house instead of where he said he was, which was at Jared's and all of that. Oh my god, I would have flipped my shit. Because that song, oh something about, something about Good For You just hits different to me, even though, I swear to god, before I watched the show and I was just listening to the cast album, it sounded like a breakup song. It sounded like a breakup song, and then I watched the show, and I was like, "Oh, it's his mom." That that that's a very different tone. However, that song slaps, and also I can feel the energy that she, like she was given across that energy. But I just thought it would have been so powerful to have that song in there, and just being like, "Oh," because at that point, it's like even the entire time. That they're having that dinner, I was like, oh no, they're about they're about to do the thing. They're about to go and be like offer him college money, and it's like, oh okay, but like she she just met you, like you have no like you have no report, like you just just met, like that's that that's just awkward. Like you just don't don't put someone in that kind of situation when you just met. Like build up some kind of rapport. At least, like, I know you have a rapport with Evan at that point, but, like, come on. There are so many other ways that you could have gone about it instead of just immediately being like, boom, we want to give our dead son's college fund to your son. And it's like, um, okay. Because also it's just, I don't know. It was just really uncomfortable because I can see where Heidi was coming from. Because it's like, you... It's, it's, it's really, like, uncomfortable to hear, not only the fact that your son is, like, when he's not around you, he's kind of just, like, basically gone to this other family, and it's kind of, like, but he's kind of, like, always there, and it's, like, she, Heidi is trying her best, like, she's doing the best she can with the cards that she's been dealt, and she's really trying, and it just, it's, it seems shady to me, it seems shady that there was just out of the blue, like, oh, that's, that's just awkward, my dude, I don't feel like we got consequences for the characters, like, because I feel like all the people would have had the like. Right. so Jared and, um, fuck, what's her name, Alana, I feel like Alana would have gotten a lot of, like, negative energy after everything and i feel like there should have been a lot more i feel like we never got to see the aftermath of evan basically being like uh i lied like aside from like the kids in the lunch hall staring at him and whatever it's like okay but i feel like there should have been a lot more what's the word um i just feel like he didn't get consequences and it's just uncomfortable. Because what Evan did was fucked up. And I feel like he should have been getting some kind of consequence. But literally, it's so amusing to me. Because my problem with the movie isn't the movie. It's the story. And the story comes from the source material. And I feel like it's just been adapted from from book to musical. It was adapted like... In a way where it's like, oh, that that's weird. And then they just... I feel like they pretty much just did kind of... um a, Like, the movie and the book and the musical, like, they aren't too, too different. I feel like they kind of focused in more on... Like, they focused in more on Evan um, and the kind of... The mental health side aspect of it rather than... Although, to be fair, they did also have some, like, stuff from Alana, which I thought was, um, like, her anonymous one song. I thought that was a good addition. But, again, I feel like this, I just feel like the entire story should not have been from Evan. It should have been from, like, the family, like, like Connor's family. So, like, Zoe or Larry or Cynthia or someone like that. Or if it was going to be from someone who wasn't, like, friends with Connor, I feel like it should have been from basically anyone who didn't, like, an outsider's perspective. But I feel like it should have been from the family's kind of, like, more point of view. Especially with, like, you can still have the same story, just centre it on a different set of people and kind of, like, delve into that kind of aspect because I feel like we didn't get again, we didn't get enough consequence for Evan, for this entire ordeal, and that's just, that's the part that pisses me off, that just really pisses me off, That is like, uh, like he, nothing happened, nothing really happened for him, and it's like, okay, but like, I don't, I don't know, it's just, it's a weird inspirational story, that's, that's basically what I'm saying, it's a weird, it's a weird, uh, plot, for it to be like inspirational or whatever. I don't know. But um just trying to think. Oh my gosh, some of the editing in this movie was kinda janky. <laughs> like some of the editing in this movie in the cinematography were just kinda janky. Cause in in waving through a window when it would be like on the outside always looking in will I ever be more than I've always been because I'm tap tap tapping on the glass um, every time we would do the tap, tap, tap in, it would always, like, cut, cut, cut. And the first time it was like, oh, okay, I get it. But, like, every single time that line came up, they kept cutting and it was pissing me off. Because I was like, you don't need to, okay? I can, I, I know what vibe you're going for without you doing this the entire time. And there was even, like, there were shots inside the school in that song, where they would basically, they would be panning around him in one direction, and then they would cut it to pan around him in a different direction, and it was just pissing me off, because I was like, this doesn't feel right, like, it doesn't feel right, because you just, like, you could have just carried on the panning that you were doing, but you cut it, and then pan from a different direction, and it's fucking with my sense of self, like, there was no need for you to do that, and now let's, let's quickly talk about the elephant in the room, which is the fact that they cast, oh boy, they cast, let's see, let's see how old Ben Platt is, hmm? A 28 year old man. They cast a 28 year old man to play a 17, 18 year old. I could see the five o'clock shadow. I could I could see where they shave where he shaved. I could see like, you know, when you see the shadow of like where there was hair and it's now been shaved off. And the Adam's apple, the whole Adam's apple, like he does not look and the curly hair didn't give the, didn't help either, because he does not look like a teenager. He looks like a twenty-something year old man. He he looks like a 20-something-year-old man. And it's just really weird. Especially because the girl that plays Zoe, which is... Ka- Caitlin Dever? She's 24, right? But she, she looks a lot younger than he does. She looks a good few years younger than he does. And she's supposed to be, like, the year below. So she's, like, 16. And he's seventeen, but their their age gap looks a bit much. And I was just here like, mm, mm, this is this is weirdly distracting. Let's see how old how old was Colton Ryan? Colton Ryan is twenty six years old, but they managed to make him look younger. I don't know what what was happening with with making Ben Platt look young enough to play this character but it didn't it didn't go according to plan um he he did not do what needed to be done when they were playing like I don't know how I don't know how we got him Ben Platt looked old and it was just really weird because <laughs> I was just seeing that because there was one shot where it's like you see his full face and, you, and I was just like I can see that you have like zebras pronounced Adam's apple Like, I ain't see 17 year olds with Adam's apple like that. And I can see where you shaved. And, like, yes, 17 year olds can grow facial hair. However, I would have much rather you kept the facial hair. Or at least some of it. But, and the curly hair, the curly hair does not help because my man just looks weird. some shots in this movie there's some shots in this movie where he genuinely looks so creepy and i'm like did you blink like ben platt please like did you blink because here's the thing ben platt is an attractive man when he's not playing a child (laughs) i don't know that's like the big elephant in the room because like i don't know how we got here i don't know how we got here like you really, you really could have cast someone else. Like you could have cast a more age-appropriate actor, like someone in their early twenties. If you have to be in, the, if they have to be in their twenties, make it the early twenties, please. Not an almost thirty-year-old. And he was in a politician like a couple years back, and is like, bro, you were pushing it playing a teenager in that in that show. You were pushing it. Playing a teenager in that show, and then they had the audacity to go in and cost you again. It's like looking at the like looking at the um like when you look at Greece, those actors look like they could have kids the age of the characters that they're playing. It just it was just weird because I'm I'm sitting there like I I ain't seen seventeen year olds that look like that, and I've I've seen full like fifteen year olds with full bits, and I ain't seen a seventeen year old look that old. So. There's just a lot. There's a lot to unpack. Oh my gosh. Also, actually, speaking of, um, there is a difference in the show than the movie. That is, I think, in the sh- in the show, I'm pretty sure that Larry is his dad. Like, just straight up. Okay. Yeah. Um, in the show, Larry is. Connor's dad. In the movie, Larry is Connor's stepdad. And I thought I I think Larry is played a lot better in the movie than he was in the show. Cuz I don't think in the show we got any like um I don't think we got like the sense that he is like he's mourning. Cause I feel like it was just very much he he felt extremely combative combative in the show, and I don't think at least I don't remember if there was any point where it's like you no, know, we actually see him like fully kind of acknowledge, accept, and then kind of like be going through the stages of grief. And obviously everyone processes grief differently. Like there's not one singular way to process grief. A lot of people can kind of get stuck in the denial. Or the anger stage, a lot of people reach like the depression stage, that kind of thing. Um, but I feel like in the show at least, Larry was definitely very much in the anger denial phase, where he was like, like angry at Connor for killing himself, and also, um, like in denial kind of of being like, why, why, why would he kill himself? Like I, we gave him all this we gave him all these things um like why would he do that whereas in the in the movie I feel like we got because we were able to actually like see the impact of everything happening there was like um like in Requiem we could kind of see them going through like we could see like Zoe and um Cynthia and Larry going through their day-to-day kind of thing of like dealing with that loss and I feel like that was like doing a lot better of kind of like endearing Larry to me like I feel like he's a better character in the movie than he was in the show I don't remember how he was in the book um but I just feel like he was a lot more it was a lot more understanding of where he came from and also like being able to respect his feelings obviously because everyone deals with grief differently and like yeah and also there was a scene in the movie where like I don't remember how it got to the stage but he basically was kind of like I think it was the point where he like fully processed like oh like he dead kind of thing and Zoe had mentioned earlier that he, like, he didn't cry at the funeral or anything. And then we get to, like, this the scene where he, like, basically ends up going home and he breaks down crying. And it, it was very, like, it was very hard-hitting and very emotional for me. um Because I've had a similar kind of reaction where it took, like, it took months for me to kind of, like, fully be able to process and understand, like oh, like, you're gone, you're not coming back, and that same kind of, like, there was something about it where I just got, like, really, tr- it got triggered, like, all the emotions kind of got triggered by, like, at least in my case, it was for the funeral, where it just kind of got really, like, oh, shit, like, this actually happened, because before that, I just didn't have any, like, concrete feelings towards it, and then it was all of a sudden, like, oh, shit, um, it, everything kind of caught up to my brain, and so I feel like, at least for me, that was very relatable in terms of just being, like, oh, like, it, it, it kind of, like, registers for people at different times, and just, again, I feel like the, the Murphys should have been the main characters, that would have been a lot more interesting than whatever the fuck Evan is doing this entire movie, um, but, you know, I guess that's, that's my progress, pr- Uh, Pro prerogative prerogative that's my kind of like take on it or whatever again i wish that we saw kind of more things to do with zoe and uh connor and just connor as a kid because i think this in the movie and in the book and in the and the musical like it's always like kind of offhand kind of thing of like whenever they talk about Connor's kid and um uh the mom's kind of like being like, oh but like there were good times and Zoe's always like uh what good times kind of thing and I feel like I feel like we could have we could have delved deeper into that. I feel like that should have been more of a focus again this story should have been about the story should have been about how grief affects people when they didn't have the best relationship when the person was alive and then suddenly it's like oh these are the kind of emotions that you have to deal with because it's a very different it's a very different experience to grieve someone who you had like positive feelings for or negative feelings for than it is to someone who you have a very complicated like mix of emotions towards them because it's very different to kind of like it's different to be able to understand like logically like okay and then also emotionally like it's very um lost the word it's like a very tumultuous kind of understanding for your emotions to be able to because you have to process both and So at least for me, in my experience, it's a lot easier to process the more negative experiences than it was to process the positive ones, just because of the nature of the relationship when the person was alive. So now that they're dead, it's kind of like, oh, I don't, I, on the one hand, like I have so many bad, bad memories, but on the other hand, it's like, not all the times were bad but a fair amount of them were, kind of thing, um, yeah, I don't know, is there anything else I want to say about this movie, because to be honest, I don't think there is, (sighs) um, let me just go ask Wikipedia what the plot is, after everything, I'm still glad that they were able to do the fundraiser and, like, reopen the orchard, kind of thing, I feel like that was good, um, because even though the whole Evan side of it was a farce, there's still people who obviously like need help and like no one no one should be forgotten. So it was nice that they were able to still do the crowdfunding um, to basically open up the orchard and be like to people, hey, if you need help, like don't be afraid to ask for it, because you being able to acknowledge it is a good thing, and that's kind of like the first, the first step to getting help, especially like with your mental health and stuff, is to be able to, um, is to be able to say to someone like, hey, I'm not doing so good, I need help with this thing, and that kind of gets the ball rolling. So I'm glad that they were able to do the crowdfunder. I just really think Alana really just... Oh, Alana did not get a good end of this stick either. Like, the, the Murphy's got a bad end of this stick. Alana got a bad end of this stick. Because what Alana was doing was literally, like, all she wanted to do was help. Like, all Alana was trying to do was help people so that they wouldn't go to the same, like, extremes and everything that Connor did. And she was doing so well, and then it was like, oh shit, um, like, even after all that effort, it wasn't, even after everything, like, I don't know, I just feel like, literally, you could have put, you could have fucking made this about Alana or the Murphys, and y'all decided to make it about Evan, and then it's like, mm. I, I just, I just disagree with that sentiment, you know, it would have been a much more interesting story if you focused on a different character. Honestly, at this point, I think I'm kind of done because there's not, like, a lot, a lot that I need to talk about, um, to be honest. So, yeah, y'all, let's get into some ranking. It's the way that I'm doing this before I do the Dune one, so that this may be different, but I don't think, I feel like Dune is probably going to come up above this, unless Dune has a really bad, um... You mm-hmm. would have to have a really low critic score to fail because Stephen Hansen has the lowest Raw and Tomatoes critic score so far. It's below Snakeheads. And funnily enough, what is it about the, the ones that have low critic scores? I still enjoy but I enjoy them for different reasons that like the critics hate them. So, but also, I knew what I was getting into with this movie. It's so interesting to me because the audience score is literally like over three times as much, whereas the audience and Craig scores about twice as much for um Snake Eyes I just think it's really interesting oh what am I gonna give this movie because I thought it was it was better than I thought it would be however it's not the it's certainly not the best movie that I've seen like I don't know if I could even what I'm this as above Snake Eyes because I don't think it's actually that good like it's a de- it's a good movie, but the part that lowers this entire thing down is the source material, like the story, which is based on the source material, and that's again a problem. Because I genuinely do think that I in- I think I enjoyed literally every other movie a lot more than I enjoyed this one in terms of like story elements. It was it had good cinematography and the songs always slap. So, I'm going to give this a 68 out of, this is a 68%, yeah, which is the lowest score that I've given a movie, which means, y'all, that, okay, y'all, so, the Devon Hanson has a Rotten Tomatoes critics score of 29%, a Rotten Tomatoes audience score of 88%, and my score is 68%, which gives this total a score of 6167 which literally is exactly two below snake eyes which makes this the worst movie that I've seen this year um because my score is the lowest and the rotten tomatoes critic score is also the lowest which just like you know literally what is dragging this movie up so high is the audience score because the audience score is on like 88 percent I don't think that I could put it anywhere near that high, purely because of the fact that story-wise knocks it down a lot, because I enjoyed Snake Eyes more than I enjoyed this movie. Like, I liked the story of Snake Eyes a lot better than I enjoyed the story of Devin Hansen, I enjoyed Free Guy more. I enjoyed Suicide Squad more. I enjoyed Eighth Grade more. I enjoyed every single movie that I've ranked so far a lot more than I enjoyed this movie's story, like, was it, and also the second-hand embarrassment, I'm so sorry, but there were several scenes in this movie where I was literally, like, cringing in my seat, just being like, can this be over, please, please, can you let it be over, because I'm in distress, I'm tired, but, um, yeah, y'all, that is gonna be it for this week's episode on Dear Evan Hansen if you want to check out any of the other episodes you can go back in the feed I had a Twilight episode uh last Tuesday Venom came out last Monday um yeah just you know go listen back through the feed uh you can follow um the podcast on Twitter and Instagram uh Twitter is hunters underscore podcast Instagram is hunters of fandom pod you can um if you want to get in contact with the podcast for any reason, um, you can email the podcast, which is huntersoffandompod at gmail.com. You can follow me, your host, on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Instagram is MJ Gale, TikTok is mjfandom, and um, Twitter is mjgale underscore. You can find like the spellings of all those in the comments down below. In the description. What am I saying? You can find all of that in the description down below. Um, tell a friend about the podcast if you think they might like it. Cause you know, tweet at me, do other things. I don't know how to end this. Um, <laughs> yeah, but this has been another episode of the Hunters of Fandom podcast. I am your host James, and this has been an episode on Dev 2021. Until next. But until next time, y'all. Adios.